I'm your host, Annie Bowles, and this is a bonus episode of News Du Jour. and welcome back to a bonus episode of News Du Jour. I wanted to introduce our interviewee today, Ashley Coffey. So I also know her as Ashley West, and some of you may know her as that on social media because she's done some photography for me in the past, and that's how we connected. But following Ashley is so exciting because she always has 10 projects she's working on. And just before this interview, I actually found out about another one that was really cool (laughs) and different. And so I'm just excited for you guys to get to know her and hear about all the different things she's involved with um, that I think you guys would get value from. So um, Ashley, if you want to start off, tell us about yourself. Where are you from? Where did you go to college? What did you study? And what are you doing now? Absolutely. And uh, first off, thank you so much for having me on your show. It's an incredible honor. I'm a huge fan. Um, I love what you're doing. And just thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Um, it was a great opportunity. I appreciate it. Um, so my name is Ashley Coffey, formerly known as Ashley West. I got married in November of last year. And uh, I'm originally from Oklahoma City. I was actually born in Odessa, Texas, but I mean, no one really knows what it's like to live in a small town like that when you're a baby. So I grew up in Oklahoma City and I went to the University of Oklahoma and I graduated with a degree in human behavior and business enterprise studies uh, after switching my degree around three times. Um, I started out as a music education major um, and completed that for two years. I'm a classically trained violinist and I wanted to be a music teacher, but you know, sometimes things change, but that's okay. Um, I'm currently the director of technology for Steelhouse Productions, which is based out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm the podcast host of Coffee and Code. I'm a professional tech speaker and currently the president-elect for Oklahoma Women in Technology. So I do stay a little busy. <laughs> yeah. Do you still do photography? I do. I do. I do that on the side. Um, I've had to kind of take take a little step back on that, but I've done a lot of creative shoots lately. I did a shoot in September at the Great Salt Plains um, in North Oklahoma, which was really fun. I haven't released that content yet. I'm, I'm waiting on a, on a special day to do that, but I'd still do creative yeah. shoots. It helps me kind of unwind and relax and connect to my creative side. Yeah, I totally get that. I love that type of thing too. And if, especially if you're not from Oklahoma, if you don't know what the Salt Plains are, in Oklahoma, definitely Google them. It kind of looks like you're on another planet. It's so cool. It's beautiful. Um, yeah, and go and follow Ashley. We'll link all of her um, social media, and then you guys can see when that uh, shoot gets put on social. But um, so tell us more. I want to kind of double click on the women in technology piece. You know, how did you first get involved with that group, and what is the organization all about? Great question. 
So Oklahoma Women in Technology became a nonprofit organization in 2015. It was founded by four amazing women. And our mission is to bridge the gender gap in STEM fields. And I attended my first networking meetup in April of 2016. This was right when I left Apple. And at the time, there were like maybe 15 people at this networking meetup. And now at our our meetups, I mean, pre-COVID, we would have about 50 to 60 people. So currently, our membership base is about 1,700. And um, I got invited from a friend, from a colleague um, at OU when I worked there that said, hey, I'm going to this cool meetup. Do you want to come with me? And I did. And I really saw the potential and I saw how amazing it was. But more importantly, I felt a part of the community. I felt like I belonged. And it was really special because when you're a woman in technology, um, there are a lot of guys and you don't really feel welcome all the time. Um, So that was a really great opportunity for me to kind of see a broader impact of how organization can impact professionals. And the organization itself has really impacted me both personally and professionally. So it's something I'm really passionate about. And um, I want to tell more people about across the state of Oklahoma. Yeah, it's so amazing what you guys are doing because I've been to some of your events. So Ashley came up to me when we were working um, together on a photo shoot and she said, um, Annie, you should come to this thing called Women in Technology. And I was like, I'm a woman in technology. <laughs> like, I really like was like, that's cool. Like, I didn't even think of myself that way. And she's like, well, of course you are. You're a blogger. Like, that's online. <laughs> Did you build your website, you know, et cetera. So I definitely think um, I want to talk about, like, who can be involved in the group? Are there chapters in other places? And then also, Ashley, if you could give us the definition of STEM, I just like to break everything down just in case, because I'm sure a lot of people know what that is. Mm-hmm. But for anybody who doesn't, because we have some young girls, too listening so they may be considering a degree in STEM and so if you wanted to explain what that is too that'd be great. Yes and thank you for touching base on that. So STEM stands for science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. So I also like to incorporate the A in STEM so STEAM um, so that also includes art because art is technology as well. So STEM, STEAM, interchangeable but I also wanted to touch base on that. Um, We welcome members from all walks of life and also encourage men to be a part of our group as well to help broaden that dialogue, but also help educate men how to be advocates for women in the workforce as well. Um, Any woman, any young woman, or any individual who identifies as a woman is also welcome in in our community. Uh, We always want to make sure we are inclusive and we're reaching broadly across Oklahoma We typically don't have chapters, quote unquote, um, but we do function in Oklahoma City and Tulsa. Um, Those are kind of like two of our little headquarter areas. We do programming that reflects from one city to another. And um, like I said earlier, our membership base is over 1,700. But one of my favorite events that we do for for OKWIT and it impacts the community is our annual retreat. So this is geared towards young women that want to get hands-on experience in STEM careers. Maybe they don't know what STEM looks like. Um, In previous years, we've had over 300 high school and middle school girls come in from across the state with their teachers to get experience with women that have careers in tech. And I've seen these aha moments happen of um, young girls will say, you know, I want to be an engineer. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a graphic designer, but they're, they're not connecting the dots that those careers are STEM related. So 
Um, we do this retreat and we're actually doing our first virtual retreat on November 6th, Friday, November 6th. And this is 100% free. So any uh, young girl or, or anyone that wants to join grades 9 through 12 can join in on this STEM day and kind of get a peek behind the curtain of what it's like to work in STEM and ask questions to individuals that work in, in STEM careers. So that's one of my favorite things that we do as an organization because it allows us to have the, the biggest impact to those that need it the most. Um, so aside from the networking and the mentorship that we do on a professional level, we do make sure to connect with the youth in our community. So cool. Yeah, it's really, really necessary and needed right now because I know that even though a lot of what I do is alone, (laughs) you know, I'm podcasting alone, I'm blogging alone, and I have, you know, assistants and things like this who help me um, and contractors, etc. But those are all women. (laughs) I don't have one single male contractor. And so the only experience I've had with guys was actually really negative. And it was when I went to a Google um, conference Mm -hmm. and, uh, we were doing a coding class and I, being the nerd that I am, I like to sit front and center, (laughs) lots of notes and, you know, just like learn as much as I can. That's like why I was going in the first place. Yeah. You're fully immersed in the experience. I love that. Yeah. Like I was like there to take some stuff away from this class. Like I was like, you know, waste my time kind of thing. But these guys were like, literally making fun of me to my face <gasps> oh no they were like I guess they had found my website and they were like teasing me and making fun of the fact that I had a place where you could donate at the time um which actually was a great way to that helped me get on my feet and buy some equipment I needed and help my blog like start out and mm-hmm. anyway I just left there feeling so like down on myself and I just realized like you know I think men sometimes are like threatened or something or anyone who's like putting someone else down who's just trying to learn like that's just so sad it took me straight back to like middle school mean girls <laughs> like that's what it felt like kind of and I was like I was just bullied like as an adult and so yeah I definitely think it would have been great at that time if I had had you know if I had been involved with women in technology just to like share some war stories if you will yeah. about this kind of thing because I'm sure men sometimes deal with you know people being competitive and wanting to put them down as well but it definitely what felt like a gendered situation because I've never had another woman like make fun of my blog donations or anything like that to my face like just directly and and people I'd never even met before so it was really strange but yeah definitely needed and one I I thank you for sharing that especially like they don't know to expect this necessarily. And if I had known, like, mm-hmm. people are going to be rude to you. Like, I think it would have just prepared me a lot better for, you know, what I was going to deal with, which, you know, it was really sad that it was at a mm-hmm. place where we were there to learn and like, yeah, better ourselves. But anyway, I wanted to talk about wow. your TED Well, I'm talk. so sorry so that happened to you. That's not the OU. way uh, events should, should go. Should and and definitely like at an event like Google, like you should be there to focus um, on and, and do your work. So I, I totally agree with you. Um, sometimes we need to, to, uh, to prepare ourselves for those situations where that might happen. But um, sounds like you came you came through in, 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 in a good way. But um, thank you for sharing that. I think that was really beneficial. 
Okay, so you guys, Ashley just gave a TED Talk at OU, and that is so cool. So I wanted to hear a little bit about what she talked about and what that experience was like, because we all joke about, thanks for coming to my TED Talk. (laughs) Ashley actually gave a TED Talk, so tell us more about that. Absolutely. Um, So first off, it was an exhilarating experience, and it was such an honor to be on the stage and share my passion with so many people. It was amazing, but it was also terrifying at the same time. Um, just a little context. I was also planning our wedding at the same time and planning a TED Talk. Um, so I gave this TED Talk in September and we got married in November. So don't recommend doing that at the same time, but it was pretty exciting. So um, going back forward a little bit, um, I was in New York City actually attending a conference at Cornell on the same day that the video submissions closed. And actually found out from a friend that the deadline was quickly approaching and she encouraged me to like just go for it. So this conference was like a a huge day-long conference and the first step for applying was actually submitting a video audition. So what I did was I I had my phone and I carry around this, (laughs) I carry around this like tripod for my phone because you never know when you're going to need it. And lo and behold, I needed it. So I set up this tripod and um, I fixed the background to be like this beautiful New York City skyline. <laughs> it was totally extra, but um, I just didn't script it. I did a video and I talked about what I was passionate about, uh, cultivating empowerment with technology and specifically cultivating women's empowerment in technology. So I submitted the video, um, filled out the application, and fast forward to two weeks later, I found out that I made the first cut. So um, the second step was auditioning in person in front of a judging panel and also the public. So anyone was welcome to come to these auditions as well. And we were supposed to give kind of a condensed version of our, of our TED Talk. Um, so I you know, found the points that I wanted to really focus on and, and did the audition. Um, and just, just a little side note, I feel like my experience in music of being a performer and being a classically trained violinist and being in band, I feel like that right there really helped prepare me for stage presence because it felt more natural than, you know, scary um, at the time. So all the musicians out there, you've got something really special deep in you. Um, So fast forward to September 12th, um, I gave the 12-minute TED Talk on how to cultivate women's empowerment with technology. And it was a personal dedication to my father, um, as well as all the women who have paved the way for modern technology as we know it today. So um, if, you, if you've watched it, you'll notice my very first slide is actually a collage of uh, female scientists and, and women that have, that have made significant contributions um, in, our, our, in modern technology. And that was just really comforting to see. And I felt like I had a responsibility to, to help continue to pave the way and help inspire other women and, and young girls to jump into these careers because I don't know, it's, I just don't think that these accomplishments are talked about enough. Um, and so that was really comforting. And when I came out of the end, I was, I was really proud of the ability to just get up there and, and tell a story and help people get excited and get involved. So if you're ever interested in giving a TED talk and you want some advice, message me. I'm more than happy to, to help you. I spent so much time mapping this out and going through iterations and 
having my mood board and really trying to think of what do I want the takeaways to be. And um, there's a coaching team at, at OU that helped me as well and gave me some feedback, which was really great. But also shout out to my husband who helped me um, practice, you know, every night um, leading up to the event. And um, I printed out little uh, slides just in case there were technical issues. And he sat on the floor in front of the stage with my slides in hand, just in case something technical happened. Um, that's how amazing he is. And lo and behold, something technical did happen. Um, and wow. that really helped me. So if you watch the video, you won't even know what happened, but what was happening is my slides were auto advancing while I was also clicking the clicker. So the slides were just all over the place. So, um, adding that on top of like remembering what I'm talking about was a lot, but it, it was, it was exhilarating and it was a lot of fun and it was an honor to do it. And if you want to do a Ted talk, just go and do it. Just like, you know, get outside of your head and take one step forward. It's, you won't regret it. That is so cool and really interesting. So tell us where they can go and watch the Ted talk. Yes. Um, you can actually find it on the official TEDx YouTube channel. Um, if you go to YouTube, uh, search for Ashley West TEDx Talk. Um, I gave the talk before I got married, so it's my maiden name. And you'll find it there. Um, it's Cultivating Empowerment with Technology. That's the title of it. You can also just Google search it and find it. But if you go to the official TEDx channel, it is on there. Super cool. So let's talk about challenges. Like what is the biggest challenge you faced in your career in tech as a woman? And do you feel like you overcame it? And if so, how? This is a big question. I'm so glad you asked this because it's not been all sunshine and rainbows. And I think people see, you know, out, outside and exterior of accomplishments, but they don't see the hairy stuff that you had to go through to get there. So I'm glad that you're asking this. And to answer it, I've overcome so many challenges. Uh, I've sat in the Title IX office at University of Oklahoma twice. Um, I'm a pro at documenting unacceptable behavior, both in person and online, because I've been subjected to that from multiple occasions, from multiple people. I've encountered some rotten apples, for sure. Um, individuals who really underestimate my intelligence, my abilities, and my potential. So it, I definitely have experienced challenges. And a majority of these challenges have come from men. Um, not understanding, you know, what I'm capable of or, you know, letting me really put my intelligence to, to where it matters. Um, but my biggest takeaway from these challenges is don't take it personally. Keep your head up, move forward, help others. Um, there, there were nights, man, when I was going through some of the thick of this where I just would like cry um, going to sleep. I would really like second guess myself of like, what am I doing here? Why did I choose a career here? And to be honest, like a lot of these challenges really forced me to almost leave my career in tech because it was that intense and it was that just destructive both like mentally. It sucks. I mean, there were days that I would come in to to my office and, you know, my own colleagues wouldn't even look at me. Um, oh. it, it, just, it was almost like I didn't exist, um, which was just really unfortunate. So, you know, things will happen. Don't take it personally. Just, you know, I am thankful for those experiences, truly, because those experiences have taught me so much and have given me the the fire and the tenacity to help others so that they don't have to experience that. You know, I'm, I think we things happen for us, not to us. And it's all about that perspective. So don't let people get in your head. 
keep your head up, move forward, consider it a learning opportunity and use that to help others. I love that. So with the colleagues, was it mostly guys who were? Yes. Uh, I can just imagine it so like, you know, vividly after the couple experiences I've had with guys in this field. So I'm sorry you had to go through that. But like you said, you're channeling it and using it to help put good into the world and change that. And so that's pretty awesome. So tell us about your proudest moment in your career. Thank you. Thank you. Um, It's a great question. And I've kind of thought about this a lot and ruminated on it. And honestly, I'm really freaking proud of how far I've come in my career. I'm 30 years old. I've worked in amazing roles at companies like Apple, worked in information technology and higher education. Uh, I was an emerging technologies librarian. And now I'm the director of technology for a production firm. So I'm just incredibly grateful for the journey and everyone who has helped me realize my potential along the way. Um, A lot of people don't know my background very much, but Growing up, I, it was a it was a difficult situation. I grew up in a physically and mentally abusive family, um, which is why I don't talk to my stepmom anymore. My father died when I was twenty three. Um, my biological mother kind of just left me when I was little, so I haven't I don't have parental figures in my life, and statistically, <laughs> I shouldn't be successful and I shouldn't be where I am today. So I'm proud of myself for beating the odds and for, you know, paving my own way. Cry over here. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea I, I, thank you. I, I don't share that a lot with people because I don't want people to feel sorry for me. But I, I do think now it is important to share that journey and to let people know that you can pave your own way and DNA is not destiny so true i need to connect you with my dad because he's in tulsa so if you're if you're ever there he's wonderful and would like probably buy you lunch and <laughs> like, thank you yeah, yeah i'll we'll we'll do that after this uh, interview awesome. um, yeah that is amazing and you survived so much and that's such an incredible thing um but tell us about your podcast because we started out about the same time. So like definitely would love to plug that and tell the girls, you know, what your show was about and what motivated you to first get started with it. Absolutely. So uh, my podcast is called Coffee and Code. So it's kind of a play on my last name. I also love coffee, but my last name is actually spelled C-O-F-F-E-Y. And um, Coffee and Code is a weekly rundown of all things tech. So I do one episode a week. It comes out on Wednesdays. I like to cover what's going on tech news wise, tech updates, any kind of cool stuff that's going on that you may not know about and just spark some innovative ideas. And I also save time at the end for a weekly tech tip. So these are like tech tips I use and I've discovered that I found useful. So things like how to do a screen recording on your iPhone or how to quickly access audio recording. So there are so many things that I've learned from you know my time working at Apple and my time just working in technology that I feel are useful and I, that I want to share with others. But it's a great opportunity to stay informed on what's going on in the tech world. I mean, every single day there's something new going on, both from a political perspective, from innovation perspective and whatnot. And it's so hard to keep up with that. So I want the podcast to be an opportunity for people to be informed and not be intimidated by 
technology in general. So it's a, it's a safe space. It's a fun space. And I always welcome people to, to give me feedback on things that they would like to hear more about. I love that. Cause that's so true. Like, <laughs> I feel like my listeners would know that like more than anyone, cause we're always covering tech because there's just so much, like you said, something major every day. Um, yeah, definitely politically now. And like, it's just a new frontier in mm-hmm. every sense. And because it blew up as much as it did, there's just going to be more and more layers of change and, you know, regulations and things maybe are necessary. You know, we'll see what's around the corner with that. But yeah, you guys can keep up to date in depth on all things tech on Ashley's podcast. So definitely check that out. We're going to link it in the show notes again so that you guys can find it easily. Um, so I said, you are a busy lady. It's obvious from all the projects <laughs> you're going on. Tell us how you maintain balance and what tips you might have for staying organized and productive. That's a great question. And um, I've asked this question to like my mentors along the way. And it's interesting how responses happen, but I don't think I really have balance. I'm not going to paint like a perfect picture. I try really hard, but to me, it's more about trying to create a harmony rather than a perfect balance. There's just no such thing as a perfect balance whenever you're involved in so many things. But I, first and foremost, I'm a big advocate of mental and physical well-being. It is so important um, to take time for yourself, both for your mind and for your body. And that transcends into other areas of my life as well. Um, I try to work out five times a week and that really helps me, um, unwind. That's my me time. I don't have my phone with me. Um, I can just really focus on that one hour, that 4% of my day to just think through troubleshoot my own mind. Um, meditation is important. I think meditation is, is such a great tool to help slow down and to help just relax a little bit. And that's helped me and just so many areas of my life. Um, I work really hard and I've experienced burnout before, which has taught me the importance of slowing down. And another thing that helps me stay organized is make your tech work for you. Um, you should, you never want your technology to be a barrier to your success. So if I have something that comes up in my mind, I jot it down. I live in my notes app and in the reminders app of my phone. Um, so if I think of something, I'll jot it down. I have like a scratch pad note. I have a quotes note. I just have random stuff notes, but I also use my reminders for location-based and time-based reminders. So if I, if something is timely and I need to remind myself, I'd send my reminders and it'll remind me when I leave my house or when I get in my car. And that's been super helpful. So, um, to recap all of that, um, take care of your, your mental and physical well-being. Um, get outside, hydrate yourself, and use your technology to help you, and don't let it be a barrier to your success. I love that piece of advice. I can already tell I'm going to be making like a little audiogram of that because <laughs> that's some of the best advice. And every time I hang out with you, I feel like you are really doing that. Like I see it, like all the tech that you're using, like you really know how to use this each piece to its full potential, which is something. I wish I was better about, um, you know, also hanging out with my little sister. She's kind of the same way where she knows all these different things that your tech can do that like, I didn't even know existed. (laughs) And um, anyway, but yeah, discovering notes was a big, uh, a big thing for me. And I know, I think you and I have talked about this before, but I organized my notes because then if you just have your phone on you, 
you can still jot something down into the same place that you can on your computer. So I love that. And I love that you're using those too, because I think it's like such an underrated feature. Um. For sure. And I feel like you have the best organized notes. The last time we met up for coffee, I was like so impressed of how well organized your notes were. Literally, it's like my brain. And like, if I didn't like clean it out, like once a month, it would be so crazy. Because I have a million labeled to do. Right. But also discovering the little... um, there's like a bubble where you can kind of like check things off in a mm-hmm. way. So satisfying. Oh my gosh. I live <laughs> for that. I totally live for that. And so, yeah, I have like a million that are, are you know, sort of categorized like that. But yeah, um, that is one of my favorite things. And maybe that would be a good blog post. I feel like it'd be hard to explain what I do over um, over the podcast, but <laughs> I'll post on how to or- get organized in there. Cause I love, I use emojis a lot too. So that way it's like eye catching, like, you know, I know anything related to the podcast has a little microphone and, you know, that way it's just easier to find what you're looking for and things like that. But Absolutely. Never discount the native apps on your phone because they have just so much potential. I mean, even with the notes app, you can scan documents and mark them up. I mean, you can have your entire mood board in notes, which is just so cool. Well, I, yes, I recently figured that out because I was planning a shoot or it was going to be a day where I needed to shoot like three different concepts. And Mm -hmm. I was like, my brain is on overload. Like I'm going to have to put some of these images that I want to, you know, I'm using as inspiration. I'm going to have to put these into my notes because I want to be able to have it on my phone easily accessible. And then I figured out the whole mood board, like side of things or like, I don't even know what it's technically called. Um, attachments maybe or something, but yeah. Um, that was a revolution to me totally. So these things can help you so much on a day-to-day basis. So definitely tune into Ashley's podcast so that you're getting those tips and you get to use her brain <laughs> once a week because um, she knows a lot. Um, and then what is a piece of advice that you have for young women looking to get involved in tech or STEM in general? Because we have listeners as young as like 18 years old and they may be considering a career in STEM and like what advice, what would you tell your, your 18 year old self? Oh my gosh. Um, that's a, such a good question. And my biggest piece of advice is just get started. Like don't overthink it. Just dive in. There are so many free resources out there. Like the internet has made things so accessible. I mean, if you went out and learned how to do coding and development for virtual reality. You could totally do that right now without having to step into a classroom, which is incredible. So internet is definitely removing the barriers to access for knowledge and education for STEM. Um, I think it's so important to find a mentor. Find a mentor. If you don't know how to do that, that's okay. Um, Look for people that are in industries that you want to be in and connect with them. Shoot them an email, connect with them on LinkedIn and let them know who you are, what you're interested in and why you want to to be mentored by them. And, you know, what's the worst that can happen? They say, no, that's okay. Um, so find a mentor um, and find multiple mentors um, that will give you diverse perspective and, and find different mentors and different careers and different ages. I mean, I have two mentors. Um, one, she's retired and, and the other, she's still in the workforce. So it gives me huge perspective, but also whenever you feel comfortable, don't be afraid to mentor others. 
Um, don't discount your experience because you're young. Um, you can always give back to others that were in your shoes um, when you were 17, 18. Um, it, but most importantly, do not discount your skill set. Don't discount it. Everything that you're learning is so important. So make sure to jot that down when you work on a project. Let's say you worked on a, um, a GitHub repository. I mean, that right there is a great skill set. So keep your resume up to date. If you don't have a resume yet and you're, you're young and you're about to get in the workforce, just jot it down in a Word document of, I learned this skill set from this specific project. Um, I see so many people that, ref- like, that don't put those skill sets in their resume. And I ask them because I know they worked on a project. And I'm like, you've learned these three different skill sets in this project. Why don't I see them on your LinkedIn? And they're like, well, I'm not an expert at it, so I don't feel like I should do it. And I'm like, well, just put it on there. I mean, you can definitely showcase and explain that you're not an expert at it, but the fact that you have experience in it at all is valuable. So don't discount that, update your resume and and find a mentor. That's so true. I would love to see your resume, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's actually something that I do. I um will help people who are making maybe their first resume or really want a specific job and I'll kind of coach for that. And it's something that people just started approaching me to do. Um, But so I'm kind of fascinated with resumes in general. And like you said, like I had a couple things that for my resume, I was realizing I hadn't put on there, which like, you know, I'm not applying for jobs very often because I'm doing this, but I like to keep it up to date, like you just said, and I realized, you know, SEO experience, like building a website, like all of this is stuff that I've learned doing what I do now. And even though it's not an official job, like, you know, I kind of made my own company doing my own thing, but like, I have these skills now. So that's great advice. And I definitely see young people discounting themselves left and right. So that's a great idea. Great piece of advice. Also, something so interesting and definitely um, relevant to tech is that like a lot of the kids that I've coached making their first resumes, they're basically, they already have a LinkedIn. So they're like, just basically like transcribing from their LinkedIn onto (laughs) like a Word document and like Mm -hmm. the right format. And I'm just like, this is so weird because, you know, for us, it was so the opposite. Like it was the first, we had a blank sheet of paper. We were like trying to make it up. Um, I don't right. know how old you are or what was around when you made your first resume, but I definitely LinkedIn was like years and years later. So yeah, I can't even imagine, but it's crazy. And I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up because I think the, like the service that you offer of like helping people coach, help coach people through resume writing, that is such a valuable investment. I did that when I was like first, you know, really wanting to invest in my resume and I paid my friend $50. Um, she works at NYU and it is absolutely amazing and helped me really curate my resume and help me showcase my strengths. And man, I tell you, that was the best $50 I've ever spent because when I was sitting in an interview panel and I saw my resume in front of the nine people that were there, I felt so proud of that because I know I put my best foot forward. So if you're on the fence of investing in, in someone to help you really make your resume the best, just do it. Yeah, because I feel like sometimes it's just another set of eyes is really helpful because like Mm -hmm. you're sometimes like blind to some of the stuff that you've absorbed, um, if that makes sense. Like sometimes other people can see you more clearly than you see yourself. And so definitely picking someone who like has a little bit of understanding of you to help you, I think is also helpful. Like Like you said, you worked with your friend. Like I think that's so smart because 
like the kids that I've uh, helped, I did know them to a certain extent. Um, one of them had worked for me. Several of them went to high school with my younger siblings and things like that. So I knew who they were. And I was able, I think sometimes like to cut through a lot of it and try and put that person's like essence into the resume, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. You know, you have to have like real world experience to back it up, of course. But like, I'm like, I know this person is so passionate about politics, for example, you know, I know that they're a leader, you know, I, I knew that kind of thing before I was looking at their specific experiences. So I, you know, I think it's helpful. Cause like, I think they're someone outside of it is able to like brag on you more than you're able to brag on yourself sometimes. Like that's something that I told my little sister when she was applying to college. I was like, if you don't put it on there, they're not going to know it. Like exactly. This is your one chance to tell them like what you've done. And so don't be afraid to brag on yourself a little bit because they won't know if you don't tell them. Um, Exactly. It's so important. I, I'm so glad you mentioned that because that's another thing that's come up in you know the tech world and I think just people in general it's like don't be afraid to to talk about your accomplishments. I think some people think that it's just like straight up bragging all the time, but like it's not. Like just own it. Own it, share it, put it out there in the world. You never know what it could come back as. Exactly. And yeah, it's all about how you deliver mm-hmm. it, I think is like the biggest thing. So For sure. Yeah, so tell us, I always end with the same question. What is your favorite quote and what does it mean to you? Okay, I, I love this question because I actually have a note in my phone of my favorite quotes. And I started this note actually back in 2011, I think. And it's, you know, followed me all these years. And I looked at these and I really like reflected on them. And I came up with this one of my like all-time favorite quotes that I would like to share. What you get by achieving your goals isn't as important as who you become by achieving them. And that is a Thoreau quote. I love Thoreau um, and I love this quote because it's so easy to get lost in the laser focus of goals. I personally am, you know, I write down every year, I write down my goals every quarter. I look at them and I reevaluate. I'm very goal oriented. And I think it's so easy to get lost in the mix when you become so laser focused, but the journey is more important than the destination. I think it's so important to remember that and make sure that you keep your, your eye on the journey and who you become through that journey rather than focusing on the goal itself. That is so true. And it's such wise words coming from you, especially because I think you have so many projects. And so I feel like, you know, you've decided like, um, for example, we didn't talk about this, but I had to throw it in here because it's such a cool project. Like Ashley is helping in Tulsa to create an augmented reality of the Tulsa massacre because of the one 100th anniversary is coming up this year. Like, I'm sure that didn't have a lot to do with your goals, (laughs) but it is going to be part of who you are and part of like your person forever, like doing an incredibly impactful, important project like that. Like, I don't know if that makes sense, but like, if you're just laser focused on your goals, you might not have taken on a project like that, that is just invaluable to a community. Exactly. And it's such an important story. It's such an important part of our history that I don't think we really knew about. Like I personally wasn't taught this in school. I don't know. I think a lot of people were. And 
you know, it only really came to light in October of last year when Watchmen premiered and the very first episode was seen from, you know, adapted from the Tulsa race massacre and walking up and down Greenwood Avenue is just chilling to see all these businesses that were just destroyed, 34 blocks that were destroyed um, just mercilessly. And it's it's a very compelling history and I highly recommend that anyone who doesn't know about it, there's a lot of resources online. The Tulsa 2021 Commission um, is a great website to go to to learn for more information, but also the Tulsa Historical Society has a great collection of photos and, and audio videos, audio um, interviews from individuals um, that had a tie to that. But it's an honor to be a part of the project and it's an honor to be able to help tell that story that's so important um, to such a big part of, of, of Oklahoma's history. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and there's also podcasts on the subject because I started listening to one. Um, yeah, I had such a crazy time learning about this because technically I learned about it in my school, but it was from a classmate. And um, shout out to Elise Armour if you're listening to this. Um, but she literally sat me down and was like, Annie, I think you need to know about something. <laughs> and wow. literally just started telling me the history of the Tulsa race riot at the time is what we were calling it, um, which obviously is inaccurate. Um, It was completely a massacre. And um, yeah, hearing about it from her perspective with relatives and family friends who experienced it firsthand. And she like didn't stop there. I was like, so like sucked in because I'm I didn't really grow up in Tulsa. I grew up mostly in DC. And then we moved to Europe. And then my parents are from Tulsa. So we moved back home quote-unquote to Tulsa so she kind of figured I hadn't heard about it which I hadn't and mm-hmm. she's like let me educate you and she took me I think that day like I literally think we went and got in the car and went that same day to the Greenwood Cultural Center in Tulsa which is a hub for that community and um, everything that happened um, and keeping that history you know recorded because you know everyone knows the government, the schools, they're not doing that. So the Greenwood Cultural Center is really helpful in that. Um, And I feel like that was such a crazy day for me. And I wrote about it in our school newspaper at the time and kind of like, you know, drew some comparisons to what was going on in Iraq because everyone was talking about that. We were so focused on that in the classroom Um, when there were bombs dropped like in our own community, you know, less than a hundred years ago. And we're not, we're not talking about that at all. So yeah, anyway, I just feel like it is such an important topic and it fits into your quote so perfectly because, you know, if you had been like, just goal, 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 you know, this is such a side thing from that feels kind of separate. I don't know what your actual goals were, but <laughs> here, but like it, I would imagine that this project wasn't necessarily like on your list. Um, and it's such a beautiful thing that you're doing, albeit very sad. And um, I'm really excited to see what you create. Thank you. Thank you. And I want to plug someone else's TEDx talk that actually happened this week. Uh, TEDx Oklahoma City did their virtual event. And a gentleman by the name of Cortland Warren um, gave a TED talk on the history of the Tulsa Rays Massacre. And he, he, he delivered it so beautifully 
And um, if you want to watch that, you can search TEDx Oklahoma City, search for Cortland Warren, and his talk starts at 2102. So highly recommend that if you're wanting to, to learn more, but there are so many resources out there. But use your voice to help share this story. I think that's so important. We need more people to understand the brevity of, of this history. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Ashley. And where can my listeners find you? Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. Um, I'm all over the place. So Instagram, you can find me at Ashley R Coffee 89. That's A-S-H-L-E-Y-R-C-O-F-F-E-Y 89. Um, you can find my podcast wherever you get podcasts. So Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, you name it. Um, Facebook, I'm Ashley Coffee. LinkedIn, Ashley Coffee as well. And then you can find me on Twitter at Ashley Coffee underscore. Um, also, if you have a VR headset, um, you can find me on there as well. My my uh, handle in VR is Diane Evans 119. So find me. Let's, let's play some virtual poker or some you know virtual fun stuff. But yeah. That is so cool. Okay. Um, and I'll definitely link everything below so you guys can find her easily um, in the show notes. And Thank you so much, Ashley. It's been such a great learning experience and great conversation. Thank you so much, Annie. I I can't tell you how much I appreciate you and I admire you and I love the work that you're doing. And it's just a really incredible honor to be on your show. So keep on keeping on and, and thank you. Absolutely. I'll talk to you soon, Ashley. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use to listen. A rate and review on Apple Podcasts would mean the world to us and really help us be able to keep creating the news du jour for free for you guys. You can also follow us on social media under sugarfreemedia.co on Instagram, sugarfree underscore media on Twitter, and just sugarfreemedia, all one word, on TikTok. You can also subscribe to emails on our blog so that you get an alert every time we have a new post or an announcement, and that's at www.sugarfreemedia.co. Again, that's sugarfreemedia.co. Our music is by Joey Lavoy and Nicholas Foster. Our cover art is by Hannah Pierce Photography. Our Sugar Free Media logo is by Katherine Jezik Designs. We appreciate you listening and look forward to telling you about the news again next time on News to Show. Broadcasting from... Oh. Oh.